Hello and welcome everybody to the Father, the Daughter, and the Holy Podcast. Join my father and I as we discuss relevant and meaningful ideas and values inspired by the weekly Torah portion. Our goal is to open our discussion to you in the hopes that it will give you something to think and reflect on, as well as be another interesting conversation that you can have with your family, friends, and peers. So let's delve right in. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Father, the Daughter, and the Holy Podcast. Um, I'm excited to have this podcast with you guys. My father told me that we're going to talk about something interesting, which I don't fully understand, so I'll let him introduce it. But um, we're sitting out here on the porch, and it's really nice. So if there are, like, As Yaakov said, the, noises. <laughs> right. The, the father, the daughter, and the holy scenery. <laughs> no wonder you said something funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe you guys can like listen to interesting bugs or birds. <laughs> whoever, whoever can guess what kind of bird it was, can write us an email and be like, Pretty sure that was a crow, and then you won't mil- you won't win a million dollars, but you'll get um, father daughter holy podcast points, and many points will get you a personal to interview. Great places. <laughs> anyway, so do explain what we're going to be talking about. Okay, so again, we try to get inspired by the weekly reading, and I think the weekly reading. Um, compliments some things that I've been reading recently that have to has to do with morality outside of the law. The, so there's an assumption that the law should represent morality, certainly if it's religious law, which is what uh, the Torah portions talk about. And here we're confronted with the famous story of Pinchas, who acts beyond the law or outside of the law. And he, because of a vigilanteism, vigilante act, he takes the life of two people that are fornicating, um, seemingly creating a tremendous, uh, impetuous, doing uh, an, an incredibly impetuous act in front of the, all the the Israelites, um, basically, you know. F- putting up his finger, <laughs> you know, against um, all things sacred. But he himself, this man doing this, um, um, you know, fornication with this Midianite woman, was basically claiming that what he was doing was also outside of the law, which is interesting. Because his point to Moses was that you can't tell me that this is prohibited because your wife is also a Midianite. So... But what does the fact that Moshe married a Midianite have anything to do with public act? That no, he's saying because why, why these women are not uh, prohibited to us. So, but the, that, that's still two things. One thing is the one thing is is being with Owen. Another thing is being with Owen publicly outside. No, 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 no. That wasn't the issue. It wasn't issue. It wasn't the issue because they were doing it in the out. That's not. That's what, what I, I always understood. No, 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 no. It wasn't like they went to a public square. It doesn't. Whatever they were doing it in a tent, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. It's not like... Wow, I'm mind blown right now. I always thought that the Dafka, the reason no. that it was so it was so outrageous was because they were having sexual relationships outside in front of everyone. No, no, no. That's not the reason. That oh, wouldn't wow. be the reason. I mean, there is, a, there is another interesting passage in the Talmud that said that when uh, sexual mores became so started decaying um 
they, even though it's not a criminal offense, they did make it into a criminal offense if people would uh, be intimate outside, you know, in the, under the sky, you know, and like, which I think in many civil law, in, in many uh, countries' civil law, um, that is also a, a misdemeanor. You can't just do um, intimate acts outside, just like you can't go to the bathroom on somebody's building. You know, you can't you can't do things that are normally done privately privately in a public uh, public venue. But in any case, that's that's not the issue. The point is, is that they're doing something that he himself was claiming was kind of like outside the law. But at the same time, being outside the law, he was creating a tremendous scandal mm-hmm. by doing this because. This woman was involved with a, a bunch of other um, cohorts of women that were seducing the, the people and were making them go astray, to sound biblical, and do all kinds of idolatrous practices. So without getting into the details of the whys and the what, but I think that in itself is a, is a detail that's very important to mention when Pinchas comes along and also acts outside of the law and actually kills these two people. And God comes along and says to Moses that everybody should know that they acted correctly. Pinchas acted acted correctly by doing so because this was really the beginning of the end. If nobody did anything, if nobody was going to take the 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 reins and was going to take justice on them in 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 a in a public way, something really bad was going to happen. Okay, I, I, that's not really so much. I, th- I think it deserves its own, of course, its own analysis. But I'd like to talk about morality outside of the law. Um, when you think about it, we most of our lives, especially secular lives, <clears throat> um, have morality outside of the law. Really, the question is when it clashes. I mean, we're not expecting that civil law is going to establish for ourselves our morality, even though there's a lot of coincidences between what civil law requires us to do or not to do and morality, right? right. Don't steal and don't embezzle and don't Be treat your, your clients, you know, in, in a degrading way, you know, respect, whatever. There's a mm-hmm. lot of, obviously, of common law, civil law that is intersects with, you know, the basis of our civilization, which is great, which is good, right? Mm-hmm. But then <clears throat> let's talk about a theoretical case, which is um, something I was reading about, <clears throat> which was a point of departure in behavioral psychologists like uh, over the last couple decades, which gave birth to um, a different t- type way of looking at um, behavioral psychology um, by a woman called Carol Gilligan who became like a champion, or for some, feminists. She became a, f- a, f- a champion of feminist psychology. Okay? Um, but before we get to that, th- let's just talk about one of the... a typical case that her mentor, in I think in Harvard, whose name was Kohlberg, was talking about. He said he, he brought a, a selection of students to talk about a moral dilemma. Okay? And the moral dilemma was um, a, a man's wife is dying, right? But the, mm-hmm. the man's wife uh, needs a certain, um, a certain medicine from a certain pharmacy. And the, 
the man does not have the money to pay for that for that medicine. Mm-hmm. So the question is, he can break into the pharmacy, steal get it. steal it, and save his wife. <clears throat> the question is, <clears throat> should he do that or not? Mm-hmm. Right. So, we're, you know, you've probably talked or thought about moral dilemmas like this. I mean, there's a whole like bunch. Like the train one. Yeah, I actually have one of the books I had from college was called Moral Reasoning, and it was a great book of like hundreds and hundreds of these types of cases where you get to debate. It's a lot of fun. But this particular case is a simple case. I always case. hated those. <laughs> Why? Because I feel like at the end of the day, there really is no good choice. Maybe there's a writer choice, but they both stink. It's funny that I you never, say that. I never liked them. If you don't mind me pigeonholing you a little bit, <clears throat> because I think a lot of what this discovery um, on the part of the original, you know, the original psychologist Kohlberg was basically that your sensitivities reflect very much a feminine sensitivity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the point is, is that he his studies always said that it, the problem was that he made it into a, a superior type of thinking. But he he said, and I think this is really what set this student of his off, you know, Carol uh, Gilligan off. But he said it's a superior way of thinking the way boys would think about it because they would see it as a mathematical equation. Meaning it, men are more rational and women are more emotional. <clears throat> yeah, well, if you break it down like that, of course. It's like the classic Something one. we know. But the point is, is that the the men hearing the question would say, well, there is a value of, of life, of human life, and then there's the value of of stealing, right? And if you put them in the balance, the value of human life is greater than that of stealing. Now, you know, if they would be pushed with some more questions that were a little bit more analytical, they would turn it into like a mathematical equation of like, you know, you're dealing obviously with a not... Um, ideal situation but you have to make a decision right in other words they accept the facts as the facts are given and the facts are given is are that there's not going to be an outcome which is good as you said it's not going to be good all over it's just going to be the best you can do under the circumstances it's and not going to so, be sugar and spice yeah, and everything nice and someone <laughs> has to make that decision because you're not given the you're not afforded the possibility of like of doing anything else. The, the the man will just say, okay, this is the problem. Like when you get a math problem, you don't say, well, I don't like this math problem. It's like, it's a little bit too rough. <laughs> like I'd like it to look like this and like that. It's like, this is the given. These are the circumstances. You're asked to determine what will be the moral reasoning behind such a decision and you and you and you rationalize and you make a decision you say this is what needs to be done most of the women would say things like yeah but it's wrong it's really wrong to steal i mean think about the pharmacist i mean maybe there's something that could be done like maybe you can talk to the pharmacist that's what i was thinking i was like <laughs> Do a right. fundraiser situation. <laughs> so that's, get your neighbors involved. So it's funny because we're going to oversimplify it here. You know this the depth of this conversation, but it's it's a it's an unending source of frustration for men to have this conversation because they're they're constantly looking and saying, "Yeah, but that's not the situation." 
<laughs> you get, the situation is this a b c you know you can't change the situation it's not ideal but you have to make a decision right <laughs> yes but <laughs> and and women will most often just like push in ways that like and and of course the the this guy Kohlberg was who was out of who was out to prove like a certain superiority in thinking of moral decision making by men kept pushing both but when he started pushing the women into a corner about their decision you know to say well if you're going to say you can talk to the pharmacist but maybe the pharmacist is there okay we're talking about the pharmacist not there so then now what are you going to do well well maybe you know you, you can if talk to the wife but may, maybe the wife can maybe you know what i'm saying like anything but to just bust the window and steal the medicine you know what i'm saying because i'm just going to keep pushing so so what does it all mean what it all means to Carol Gilligan was that it's not about superior or inferior thinking. It's a different way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And she developed something called the ethics of care, which is, I, I was intrigued by it because it's the first time I've read um, something very well researched and well explained about the difference between the male and the female mind when it comes to morality. Mm -hmm. Are there other works that try to do something like that? I don't know. I mean, I, I saw some things in the bibliography and things, but I didn't really research it any more than that. And I think that it's, um, it's something that I want to bring to the fore over here because we're talking about how people react when they're faced with moral dilemmas. Right? Um, you know, we have a son who who's in the army and in the army you know you're not always even though there's they're very rigid about how you need to act in different situations but um especially in the army that he's in um it's it's very much um advocated the need and the training to be able to think for yourself under duress where you know that you can only make one decision in the decision is not going to be roses and happiness for everyone. I mean, it's going to be a difficult decision, but you have to make the best decision under the circumstances. And um, some people say that's why men are better at um, those situations and being in battle and fighting because they you have to be decisive in those moments. You have to be you have to have critical thinking, but not only critical thinking. You have to be you have to forget the ethics of care, so to speak, in a sense, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because... It's more cold and calculating. Right, something needs to be done, right? Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean you can't apply the ethics of care to many, many situations, right? And um, I just want to read that um, the, the 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 general definition of the ethics of care or or care ethics today some people some people label it as a feminist philosophical perspective but it's really a perspective that uses a relational and context bound approach towards morality and decision making bring right. that down in just very simple the term ethics of care refers to ideas concerning both the nature of morality and normative ethical theory in other words, the the key word in that definition is context-bound approach, which means it's looking to 
ameliorate or it's looking to minimize collateral damage, right? right? Which is, I think, what women in general look at, you know, decision-making bodies or, or people making very difficult decisions or cruel decisions that they say, you know, if you would have thought like a woman about this, you it didn't have to be so bad. It, yeah, it, so women, what we're saying here is it, the, the ethics of care embodies the woman mindset of trying to bring down collateral damage. It's much more compassionate and um, kind. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not that the other is, you know, is, you know, looking not to be kind. We're not comparing this one's better or that one's better. I'm just saying, just so that we can. It's a different way of approach. It's just feel a, like we're clear about what we're talking about, right. right? It's just that when you, as soon as you heard this question, you all immediately went to that. This isn't a good like. I don't like the situation. I don't want to be stuck in the situation because nobody like. I don't want to be. This isn't the way it should be. So you're going to find, you're going to try to find a way, you know, so maybe you'll find, look harder to find a solution that will be less bad, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, the man will say, well, you know, this is the problem, I have to solve it, and therefore some things might be neglected or overlooked that, that cause unnecessary suffering. And this is a critique that men have, that women have about men's decision making. Mm-hmm. Um, what's then, what, what? What is the key then to understanding like morality outside the law? You know, because within the law, okay, so you're you're expected to keep the law for X, Y, Z reasons, which we can talk about some other time. But you're you're faced with making a decision, and you can't be guided by the law, right? That's kind of like what's happening. Even though we're a very we're very law based society, the Jewish society, here we have a situation where Pinchas is like out of that context he's out of the law context so how is he going to make a decision what makes a, a morally uh, a moral judgment like how can you look at somebody making a moral judgment and say he's a human maybe he can make mistakes of course but but we i'm going to go with him like i'm going to this smells like a moral judgment um that that is on that's going in the right direction. There's there's a lot of vigilantes out there. There are people that say, you know, that the American government can't be trusted, and therefore, you know, they have their own militias and they try to do stuff, and they don't pay taxes. I don't I don't know what they do exactly or don't do, but the point is they. I'm not just talking about just people coming along and ignoring the law. I'm talking about if they're really faced with something that's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be beyond this case where this man can't get help if he waits to get help his wife's going to die if he steals he's going to be able to save his well, his wife's life right <laughs> what's so funny i'm just thinking about all the possibilities all the possibilities like what if the pharmacy's wife was also what if they were super poor and if they some if anything gets stolen, people don't buy at their pharmacy anymore. More people steal at their pharmacy, and then they're not going to have money. And maybe his wife is also sick. Or maybe the wife is going to be saved, but then she's going to be disappointed that her husband stole for her. And would have been like, I would have rather you let me die than know that you stole someone's store for me. So again, you're <laughs> you're just <laughs> you're just reiterating the point that like know, you're you're uncomfortable. 
with the situation and you're going to your mind is saying we need to explore all the details of the story in order to get like a richer context so we can really make a better decision which is exactly what we're saying yeah I'm that's true I'm, I'm just, <clears throat> that's what you're going to think it's, but now you're in the situation, okay? Lowell, you know, God forbid, you're in a situation like this, right? You, are you going to blame somebody that goes and, you know, you know, steals the, the, the medicine from the store to save his wife? I don't think we're going to blame him, right? Yeah, so what we're explaining is that when you're off the grid, like when you're off the legal grid, so then obviously <clears throat> you're going to have a much more justifiable um, controversy about whatever anybody decides. You know, when's the last time that somebody made a moral decision and everybody's like, yeah, that makes it, well, I guess you could, right? The question is, if in this case, to me it's like an open and shut case. Like, you know, can the man go and steal in order to save his wife's life? Um like from a moral perspective it seems that like maybe maybe the society wouldn't allow him to do such a thing if he asked but if he did it the society would forgive him for it hmm. right maybe in the laws of the torah because the laws of the torah don't find that this is a morality issue outside the law i think there is a answer to this question within our legal framework Right. But assuming, like in the case was of Pinchas, you know, where he was really out of the law. I mean, he even went and asked the highest legal authority in the people, amongst the people. He asked Moshe. He said, "Well, what can I can I do it?" I mean, and Moshe said, "Look, this is a this is a, a zealous act. This is not an act that's necessarily prescribed by the law. <clears throat> it's a gray matter. It's a gray area." So as a gray area issue, you have to be willing to take the risks of what it is that you're doing. And I think that's the key. That's what I want to get to over here. <clears throat> the, the legal aspect of this makes it very, um, very, very recognizable as, a, as the, the litmus test of whether the motivation is the real motivation. Because if a person is going to take a moral um, position right outside of the law right he's he's looking for what the the ethic will be here and the and the person is is you know shooting from the hip but is not willing to take any responsibility for his decision then it has very little in my book it has very little value but part of the part of the decree to pinchas was well if you feel strongly enough about what it is that you're doing and you feel that you are inspired to do this because you see the greater picture here and the greater picture is that which all of us can agree on it's just the me the means to that end are questionable right so it's going to depend on what your motivation is and the way you can tell motivation is how much responsibility the person is willing to take for his actions so it, Inherent in this particular case was this was the the telling to Pinchas, you know, you can do it, but there's there um there, there you have no protection from the law. You have no protection from the law, and you are um likely 
or just just as likely as unlikely to get the consequences of your action. There might be vendettas. Which would have been what? There might be vendettas. Somebody he could have defended himself and killed him, and there would be no moral, no legal recourse. Right. These are all things that are discussed in the Gemara. But mm -hmm. the point is, what I see in all of this is that what can give us the um, the way the litmus test for what real motivation is is that if a person is making a moral decision, and they're willing to take, they're willing to take the the brunt of the responsibility for the decision. So then I think that that is um, one of the best ways to know if the person is really making a moral um, decision. That sounds questionable to me, though, because I understand that the, I understand your test there of how to judge motivation, but that doesn't judge morality. You could be very motivated to do something that is highly unmoral. And take the responsibility for it. People who go and shoot people in schools. <laughs> Highly convinced. They did it. They go to jail. No, Like, oh, okay. Still work. Okay, I'll, so, I'll so that. that's a good point. But what I'm saying is, is that when we're within, in this case, that I'm talking about, I'm not talking about somebody who's doing something wrong. In other words, if that person goes and shoots people and is willing to take responsibility for it, then he's a nutcase. Because... He's doing something that the entire society would say is wrong. You cannot kill people because you're angry or because somebody bullied you online or whatever it is. You, that, that's, that's within the law. I'm talking about morality outside of the law. Okay, so give me, give me an example, though, because I'm sure even outside the law, there you can still do something that's highly immoral with high motivation. Well, some of these classic cases, let's, you know, one of these immoral reasoning uh, issues of, of cases that's in the book that I remember is like, there's a bunch of people on a, as a there's a bunch, of, I mean, it sounds a little humorous, but, but it's not really humorous. I mean, it's humorous because it's just a fictitious case, I guess, but it could just have easily not been fictitious. There are a bunch of people that are going on a tour of these like canyons in uh, by the ocean these like caverns that meet up with the ocean so in high tide the water comes into the canyons and fills them right so these people are in these canyons and they get lost and there's about 10 of them and uh, they don't know how to get out and the water is filling up uh, the canyons right because the high tide is coming in and uh, finally they find um a one hole to be able to get out and um, five people get out five people are in still and one guy tries to get out he's this huge guy and he's like stuck in the hole right Oof. he's stuck in the hole and the only way they can get him out is if they blow it up right if they blow him up the guy who uh who's the tour guide he has these sticks of dynamite that he uses in the last case scenario because he's not supposed to do that right the only thing to do is if you can like basically blow the guy up and it's that everybody else could be saved. Yikes. Otherwise, they're all going to drown and die. Saying so would he at exactly. the end of the day. So he so would he still dies be dying. either way. Okay, so that's an analysis you could make. Uh, but still, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> that's an awful case. I'm sure it was, a, it was some other guy that dreamt up this case. or I don't think it was a real case. But you can just as easily find real cases like this. I mean... Um, the typical case in the Talmud is you have a fellow, the, a city is surrounded. Um, city, ah, and they say give up one and the whole city will be saved. Right. So you're not allowed to give him up. 
But if but if they single him out By for name. whatever reason because he's a criminal or something, then maybe you could. It depends, you know. It gets. But w- what about a woman is uh, dying on the operating table because uh, she the the childbirth no, right in childbirth because of complications and and they either kill the child or they or they uh, or the mother dies. I mean, it, ultimately that's therapeutic uh, abortion. You know, which seems to be big in the news these days. I mean, this. Life is full of all these, uh, especially in hospitals, moral reasoning things. Um, I just feel that when you're outside of the law, when you're outside of the law, um, because there's not a consensus about what should be done, what needs to be seen is what the motivation is and what's the driving factor behind the motivation and what 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 does the motivation look like? It's not just that he's motivated, but the person is, I think if the person at the end is willing to take responsibility for his actions, so then you can say, think about that doctor who just goes through these operations, you know, without thought, and when it comes down to it, he's not willing to take responsibility for his actions. Like, he's he's going to hide behind some protective, uh, you know, something you know legal something and so that he can't he's totally unaffected by his euthanasia practices or something like that right at least this guy Korkian, whatever his name was who started this whole hoop euthanasia thing i think he was he said look i really believe in this i don't of course don't agree with him but he said i really believe in this and i think i'm doing like a, a real true kindness and if you think that uh that the chips will fall against me. Okay, well, I'll be willing to swallow that. I think he went to jail for a while. So there's something worthy about that. That doesn't make it that That it's doesn't make true. it moral. Right. So again, I, but moral, see, what I'm saying is moral, that morality outside the law is a slippery thing because it's not like in the end, you can know what the truth is. How are you going to know what the truth is? Because there's, we can't know what the absolute truth is because... Because we don't we're, have, we're, we're, we're without compass. We have no compass. We don't know but, what absolute truth is. But, but we're talking. We're talking about that. The, the established truth is reflected in the law. That's what I'm saying. Even in religious, I'm saying even in a religious society, right? If it's not reflected in the law, that means you have a doubt. What should be the law? Otherwise, there would be a law about it. Right. Right. So that means you're the the only thing that can make it as true as possible. Is the person's motivation? If he's doing it for the right reasons, and he's and therefore he's willing but to take the rap for it. But what makes his reasons the right reasons? Because he's highly motivated. What he understands in this case, why did Pinchas Pinchas killed two people? I mean, that's not a simple thing. You don't just go kill two people, especially in this society where killing is 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 a criminal is a highly punished. I mean, it's one of the three cardinal sins, right? You just, mm. It's the worst thing you can do. And yet, he does it, right? And and his motivation was to, because this is wrong. This is wrong. This is a tremendous profanation of God's name. This is going to create what we call Chil Hashem. And sometimes things are just wrong, even though there's no law to prescribe against it. But and that, that was his motivator. But that is so much more tangible because I feel like you could you could really put that up to a yardstick and measure and say, listen, we're talking about a society where someone who wasn't just, 
your Joe Schmo from the street. He was someone of high importance who had a lot of people use as who he was a leader for many people. And he's and he's doing something which is in itself going to bring down the morality of the society. So getting rid of a cancerous growth, I think would we could all agree is something good. But you're 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 looking at it post facto and you're making a judgment. But that clear wasn't clear then at all. You don't and think it was clear to Pinchas that the Nasi sleeping it was with clear to a him. woman That's exactly what I'm was saying. totally that's not okay because, because the was everyone's going to come falling that's down? That's why he did it, because it was clear to him. But that's, but wasn't but clear that's to the motivation. Else. It's not... It wasn't clear to anybody else. As a matter of fact, we have a Midrash that says that after he did it, people were very, very angry with him. And they wanted to. they wanted some justice. They said, who is this guy? How could he do such a thing? Mm. And they and they had they had the right to ask a question and to challenge him. Like they it wasn't like, oh, oh yeah, now we see the light. Whenever people make moral decisions outside of the law, you're not always gonna have a percentage of people that are gonna say, like this case that I just mentioned. I mean, the guys are saying, just steal the stupid medicine. And the girls are saying, No way. Find some way out of this, but don't do it that way. You know what I'm saying? Maybe push comes to shove, they'll whatever, but there's some point of uh, where they agree, but certainly a lot of different approaches. Mm-hmm. There's no agreed on law. Mm. Well, anyway, that's the idea. Uh, moral reasoning is an interesting thing, but um, there's in in Torah there's moral reasoning within the law and then it becomes law but then you'll always find yourself in situations where it's gray there are gray areas and that's why I submit to you that that's where you really have to check out your motivations right there's no such thing as being what we call a kanoi being you know the zealous actor if you really don't walk that walk Right, and you also are are not willing to take the responsibility of what it is that you're doing. So that's what I'm saying. It's a two. It's a double. It's two. It's you have to be completely sincere about your motives, and also you have to be willing to take the rap for it for what it is that you're doing. But once you see people that are willing to, that you know, they're, you know, they they they, they want they want to make a big statement but they don't want to take the rap for it so then you can pretty much see that their motivation isn't real but even if it was real i'm thinking now of the keep, siege yeah. of the siege in uh, Yushalayim, right the the kanaim who burnt all the store all the storehouses and therefore everyone in the city was starving okay but what was their I argument i get so mad what, when i yeah, hear I about that i do too but what was Freaking their argument mad. They're saying we can't hide in here like chickens. You have to go fight them because we can't die here honorless and they're going to kill us. But that might have been a tactical error. It's the only way to motivate us to go out and fight. But that might have been a tactical error because that might have been a tactical error. It doesn't matter. The point is that that their motivation was very strong. But I would still say that that was a horrible move. Uh... Yeah, so what do you want to prove from there? But I'm, I'm saying in the end, you're never going to be satisfied knowing what's right or wrong. Meaning because this... Because if you ask them, these birioni, whatever they're called, right? If you would ask them, why did you burn the storehouses? If 
if they talk fanatical talk, so then you know they're not really motivated by real. If they're saying, "Look, this is, this is we're we're doing this for God," because we see that the people are going to be willing to pacif, you know, to pacify, to to look to pacify the Romans. They're going to try to make peace, and we don't want to live with foreign domination anymore. So if you keep going and saying, "Well, why don't you want to live in foreign domination?" and they'll say, "Well," Because that's a disgrace of God for for the, for the, the Jewish people to live in Jerusalem and Israel under foreign domination. Well, you could say, well, we've been living like that for hundreds of years. You know, you just need patience. He says, no, now's the time because if we don't do it now, it's never going to happen. We'll always be under. You know, you can keep going. I I don't want to keep. It's really not what we're talking about, but you can keep going back and forth and see where the rationale lies and see if the people are being fanatic or. Because f- fanatics means they're you not, say they're that not someone... willing to rationalize at all. It could have been fanatic because they weren't willing to rationalize. They just said, I don't want to hear anybody else's opinion. This is the only way it has to be. And we're not going to do any due process in talking about it. This is what we see and this is the way it has to be. So that's rational. That's, uh, irras- that's But that's ir- still someone who's highly motivated and is willing to say, but yeah, it's irrational. I think I was totally right. I will, but it's I will die for this. So it's true. That's a different point that we can point out about Pinchas. Pinchas asked the highest legal authority. He goes and asks the highest uh, authority of the Jewish people. He asks Moshe what to do. So he 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 checks that box as well when he makes that move. In other words, there has to be dialogue to see what can be done. When it's decided that it's not clear, then you can act. But if I'm sure, if I'm not, I mean I'm not sure I wasn't there. But looking at the way this story that you're mentioning was reported. It seems that a lot, a lot of people were pretty darn upset about their decision to do such a thing. That was a it was fanatical. It was a fanatical decision, especially if you take it literally. That said, that there was enough storehouse, you know, the storehouses to last years. for years and years and years. So, you know, it could have been smart. It was. It sounds like an impulsive fanatical act. Oh. So that you know, I don't know if that's your best shot at trying to prove that motivation doesn't mean anything. I'm not saying motivation doesn't mean anything. I'm saying motivation doesn't mean that you're acting morally. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but I'm just saying that once the first box has been checked, which is that you're really in gray area, you're really in gray area because there's no legal answer, there's no legal solution, and also because the gray area extends to... um, uh, a a a lack of consensus. In other words, the, the, everyone can agree to disagree that there's there's no consensus here. Everyone can agree that there's no consensus. So okay, something has to be done. <laughs> so a decision needs to be made, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no and there's nobody willing to do it. So there you can get into that area of like, okay, well somebody's got to do something. Most of these moral reasoning situations are situations that happen to you in your own life. And so, like I said, I guess to the take-home here is the first thing you need to do is conf- consult, right? Consult what's out there. Maybe, there's, maybe there is something said that you don't know. What do people say? But if you get to that point where, like, well, nobody really knows. You know, there is no law. There is no consensus. So then what motivates you? That's the next question. And then, are you willing to pay the price for your decision? That's what I'd like to take away from the story.
It's getting a little late. Hmm. All right, well, I'm just going to throw out a random question that we don't have to talk about, but as you were saying that, I was thinking when it comes to morality, even within the law, sometimes there are plenty of cases where law defends immorality. For example, the doctor who um, hides, who is careless during a medical procedure and the patient dies on the table, but do because of the law, somehow or other, the doctor is protected because the person signed a waiver, you know, that... Is that immorality or is that just carelessness? Wouldn't you say if you're dealing with someone's life that knowingly being careless is being immoral? Yeah, but we're talking about moral or immoral thinking. I mean, a person could do an act of immorality by being unscrupulous or careless or just not caring about others, but that's then that that will be a felony. That will be in the law. The law will say that's but malpractice. But there are plenty but there are plenty of laws that can counteract that thing. Laws don't always equal morality. No, it's true, but so that was but you're saying the law doesn't protect citizens enough because you can have doctors who are careless and unscrupulous, unscrupulous. And I'm just saying we're we're talking about how to try our best to act in a moral fashion outside of the law, and I'm bringing up the point that even within the law, I think it's important to ask ourselves whether we really believe that we're acting morally, because even within the law, there is space to act immorally. Well, I'm not sure what you mean by that. There's space. Does the law say anything about this behavior or not? Does it say that it's wrong and it's uh, The law punishable? could say, yeah, that's the felony, but because of some okay, so law-abiding means... contract, right. so, then but... you can go un unpunished or whatever, okay, but you're and therefore still out... engage in immoral behavior. Yeah, okay, but you're pointing out a chink that the system doesn't always punish what it says it should punish. And it doesn't always vilify what it's supposed to vilify. Because... And it doesn't always protect what it's supposed to protect. Right. Yes, that's true. There are laws. It's hard to make the checks and balances work out all the time. There's no question about that. Mm. In any systems, ultimately humans have to carry out the law, and we're only human. And with that, Something to think about, everyone. Um, see you next week. Adios. And that's a wrap, my friends. We hope that our conversation inspired you and gave you something to chew on. Please send us your feedback, questions, comments, topics you'd be interested in discussing, and even triggers so we can generate more relevant and meaningful conversation. You can contact us at fdhp.feedback at gmail.com. And we are wishing you a blessed week, and we'll catch you next time.